Good afternoon, everyone. It is office hours time, and I have two esteemed co-hosts with me. Super excited. I'm here in Hoboken, New Jersey, just off of the incredible Propellify, and it was AI-focused Propellify, which is awesome as we have our first guest, or, or maybe not because Michael's here. I think we'll go back onto the, the normal schedule. Uh, he's a New Yorker himself. Michael Chernow is here. But first, I want to introduce Rob Gill. He's the CEO and co-founder, or founder of Epic Financial Strategies. Rob, I appreciate you taking the time to be with me. You have something coming up, I think, on October 19th. Yep. I have a live webinar, virtual live event, October 19th. We're going to get into keeping a real simple money mindset, how to, how to really shift your thinking to really bring in the energy of money, but also survive the success that money gives you so you can continue to scale and, and be able to embrace the uh, newfound financial freedom. And you are one of the best at that. And one of my business partners, the incredible, she's way older than she looks, Lacey Book. Uh, she is a co-founder of Black Diamond Club, the BDC, as they call it, down in Florida. And we have a lot of events going on. But one that I want to point out in case anyone wants to join us, I'm having an intimate uh, mastermind. I call it the Chargers Mastermind. Uh, we will have uh, intimate me, Lacey. Dr. Sean Dill as well. Uh, we're only going to take 10 people total and yep. work with them for an entire day uh, on their business and their mindset, heart set, and handset. And we then will have a VIP dinner with some amazing celebrities, athletes, entertainers. And then on Sunday, we're all going to go to the Bears Chargers game on the field. And uh, if anybody's interested, uh, Lacey and I would be happy to help you. But uh, welcome. And it's Dr. Sean Dill's birthday. So it's it a is. lot to celebrate lots of celebration happening that's for sure well the main focus of my celebration today beyond sean's birthday is a good friend of mine uh gary vanderchuk gave me a call and he said dave i have the most killer entrepreneur you need to invest and gary rarely does that and you know he's he's great at helping people but very rarely does he ask people uh to join him in his investment in an entrepreneur but after I met this guy, Michael Chernow, I realized there was a lot more than just making money. Uh, there is an extraordinary entrepreneur, the founder of Creatures of Habit with a K, creaturesofhabit.com. Michael Chernow, welcome to Office Hours. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, guys. Well, you know, beyond having an amazing company that you're building, you also uh, prescribe to making a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. You have an event, October 14th, a very unique event on the Eight Mile Bridge Ruck um, and Go Ruck. And uh, give us a little bit of background on why somebody uh, would create such an event uh, in New York uh, to help uh, help us not only raise awareness to release recovery, recovery, but raise money for those people that want help. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story and everybody comes from somewhere. And I have been fortunate that I came from humble beginnings and I went through a world of pain to get through, get to where I'm at today. Uh, but I'm, I've, I've been in recovery for 19 years. So I'm, I'm a sober, sober human. I've been in recovery for 19 years. And I know that there is a solution to uh, the global addiction and drug abuse problem. There is a solution. I'm a, I'm, I'm a living example of it. And so I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be able to create businesses and 
always as part of as a mission as part of our business is to raise awareness for this 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 world that not enough people know about um everybody sort of sees it in pictures and talks about the problem but not enough people are actually talking about the solution and that is where i come in i'm I, i've got a i've got a loud mouth and i like to do kind of extreme things and so i put together an event called will wear the weight which is taking place on october 14th in new york city we are going to wear weight vests that I've custom custom made with GoRuck, and 250 of us. If we can, if I can get 250 people there, we're working on it. Um, anybody who's listening, who's in and around New York that wants to participate, I totally empower you to, to log on and, and 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 I'll tell you how to do that in, in a few. But basically, we're wearing these 20 pound weight vests, and we're walking over all of the bridges that connect Manhattan to Brooklyn on Saturday morning, October 14th, and that is to make a statement and say, hey, we are willing to wear the weight for you today. Uh, we're willing to wear the weight because I know that this is not, you know, the problem is, is, is misunderstood and people believe that, you know, these people really have a choice. At any moment, they can just stop. And it's just, it's just not that easy. Addicts, addicts have, have, have deep, deep, um, deep, deep trauma, deep, deep pain. And so, you know, trying to figure out ways so that they can actually feel connected is part of my mission in life. I want to help them feel connected. And I've been fortunate, like I said, to create businesses and have some some success where I can spend and allocate a percentage of my time towards this mission. And that's what we're doing on October 14th. And anybody who uh, is in and around New York that want to participate, you can hop over the Creatures of Habit website. It's Creatures with a K. Uh, hop over the website. There's a tab on the website that says Give Back. Click that tab and you'll learn all about the event. You can register for the event and you can also just make a donation. Then any dollar amount is going to help. I think we're at we're at over $40,000 raised so far. We've got a lofty goal, but you know, the goal is for us is to raise enough money to get at least 10 addicts that are willing that are willing off the street and into treatments. Mm. Uh, Cause we have the opportunity to do that for a fraction of the price. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's what the event is. It means, a, it's, it means a hell of a lot to me. I'm, I'm not standing here today without, without sobriety and recovery. And I want to be able to share that with as many humans as I possibly can that are struggling because there's a way out, there's a solution. And I'm, I'm, I'm a walking, breathing, living example of that. Rob, I know you have a lot of familiarity with this. Yeah, uh, Michael, thank you for sharing that, and I look forward to learning more about October 14th. I'm, I'm here in New Jersey, but like you, um, I'm, I've been sober since July 1996. I uh, got shot at in Jersey City on a drug run, three days old, and um, you know my life of recovery started when I was 26, and I grew up in an environment where drugs and alcohol were rampant in my neighborhood, in my house. Uh, my mom was getting shock treatment at three. My dad was an alcoholic. My sister was a heroin addict by the time I was eight and she was 16. And uh, for me, you know, the book, Dave, Dave, I talk about all the time, Surviving Success. Uh, I knew no future. Matter of fact, right before I got arrested, I remember thinking I was on a bar stool and this was going to be the rest of my life. Uh, lived a life, life of scarcity. Um, you know, obviously with my sister who eventually got sober, but then relapsed and passed away. I knew a little bit about recovery, but for the folks that are listening, anyone knows that, or if there's a family member, alcoholism is a disease of the mind. It's not a disease of willingness. And, uh, you know, being able to turn my will over to God, you know, because I had the gift of desperation, G-O-D, 
And that's when my life changed, when every door closed. I, I talk about this often. I didn't go to rehab in a marching band. Um, all scorecards were zero. And from that moment on, that full acceptance, the second half of my life has been much different to the point of similar stuff that you're talking about as far as business. And uh, for me, when it comes to financial education and sobriety, sobriety first, those are my two wishes that I want to give to the world. And I wish I could take it in a little box and just give it to people. I can't do that. You know, the, the, the willingness is the key to all this, as you're aware. And um, I want to thank you for sharing that. Awesome. I love Thanks, you. man. I, uh, yes, um, congratulations. 1996. I wish I would have got sober in 96. I could have gotten sober in 96. That would have been, it would have been good for me. <laughs> I wish I would have got sober in 92. How about that? Awesome. Yeah. Lacey, any last words? Yeah. Well, it's just really interesting because I was thinking about the I, idea of habits and how I know that in your bio, you say that habits create success and being in recovery for 19 years, that is a habit that not only did you start, but you stuck with. And I was just wondering, listening to both of you, what do you think that like magic is or what is the necessary component that people need to have in order not to start something, but in order to keep it going for as long as both of you have? I kind of have a, I kind of look at it as a three prong, a three phase approach, right? Where, you know, this goes for anything. This goes for any decision you want to make that you know is ultimately going to propel you in the right direction, um, whether you're quitting something or starting something, right? It, 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 it always starts out as a chore, no matter how you look at it, it's a chore. And the chore phase can last a long time, especially if you, if you don't have the willingness to want to start or quit stop right chore phase could be like a long period of time once you break through the chore phase it it, it sort of transforms into into the habit phase and um habit from my experience is like a three to six month long process where you just you still think about it it's still something that you do consciously um but you're you're you you've accepted it and it's become part of your life and once you break through the habit phase, which is kind of where I'm at with sobriety and where I'm at with my fitness and nutrition and my wellness, my mindset stuff, uh, that habit is now a lifestyle. Yeah. And the lifestyle component is um, it, 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 it's, it's hard to get there. It's hard it's to get there. And it's unbreakable. I love that. Yeah. That's good advice. Well, Michael, everybody, let's all support whether you can make it or not on October 14th. Go to creaturesofhabit.com, creatures with a K. Not bad products either, by the way. Let's all wear, we'll all wheel, wear the weight event. Uh, when you give that life and the give the hope and give the faith to others, uh, allow them to change the way they look at things. You can and will change lives just like Michael Chernow does. And I know my two friends, Rob and Lacey, are on the same mission as well. I'm glad I got Rob and Michael together. I'm sure you guys will do more. Go to creaturesofhabit.com. Michael, keep up the great work. Keep making a lot of money, helping a lot of people, and having a lot of fun. Uh, by the looks of your physique, uh, wearing the weight certainly does help. So congratulations uh, with that as well. You are a testament to discipline. I appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Keep up the work, man. Unbelievable. I know when you invest in a jockey like that, he will do nothing but uh, exceed your expectations. Speaking of exceeding the expectations, I've had a day of AI. Robert Sheen is here patiently waiting in the wings. Robert, welcome to Office Hours. Oh, thank you for having me, and nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Now, your company focuses on uh, 
something really important, pay equity, DEI, healthcare, all the major concerns uh, in a society that is challenged or interfered with today. And um, give us a little bit of background how we can use technology uh, to help with some of the social concerns that we're faced with today. Yeah, so, you know, we have technology now to analyze things lifetime on demand. And the, uh, the pay equity has, has become where it's business imperative and there's a lot of risk of not doing so. And what you're seeing also is this, you know, government activism that's on the rise. So traditionally what the companies were doing were they're doing a pay equity audit once a year, once every two years. So let's give an example, let's say a company with 100,000 employees and traditionally it took about four to six months to do a, a perform a pay equity audit. So let's say it takes four months, you know, you, you got a hundred thousand employees, uh, within four months, you have probably higher about 20,000, 20,000 people have left and who knows how many people have been promoted in that company. So you get this analysis, you know, then now it's very outdated. So what we do here is, you know, we have been, our system is integrated with all the biggest HCMs like the SAP, UKG, Workday, and ADP. And so you could take that data and do the analysis lifetime on demand. Wow. Lacey, you got this one since uh, you're probably more familiar with pay equity than Rob or I. No, yeah, it's really interesting, Robert. I, I was reading a lot more about the company. I think it's fascinating. I think about 10 years ago, I got involved with a wellness company that went into workplaces to increase the overall well-being of the employees uh, in an effort to also increase presenteeism in the workplace, right? Because as we know, if we increase presenteeism and people are more engaged and they're active while they're working, it's great for everybody's top-line revenue. And so- right. I'm wondering with your company, how do you guys define well-being in the workplace? Like, what does that actually mean to an employer? Yeah, you know, so for us, it's about treating people the way they want to be treated. Mm. And um, you could see how, I mean, we, we're such a, in the data and analytics, so we look for systematic, consistent pattern of behavior and see where the root causes are, you know, rather than going into the psychology of humans. You know? But there are definitely way to look at that and see where the problems are, what, what's the root cause, and you can see it through the systematic and pattern, you know, uh, of, of, uh, of behavior in the, in the data. And, and I have a question. When you say, you know, be able to treat people the way they want to be treated, is there, mm -hmm. how do you figure that out? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to say the data, but like, is there, yeah. like, what is that? What we that interview people. Like? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's more of our philosophy and, and our mission and vision here, which is that the, you know, we should treat people the way they want to be treated, you know, and yeah. that the, uh, in the future, there would be more technology, more AI, more software, more algorithms. But the human success to us is not technology, AI, or algorithms and software, but it's really the common vision, the mission and the goal and the community that we create. And that the, uh, we also believe that once, you know, the, the freedom of humanity comes from being treated equal, and we hope that that will propel us into the next greatness. 
And where do you see AI in the next five years compared to where it is today? Well, you know, we do use a lot of AI in our company. We use AI to see who are they hiring, uh, what are the factors that triggering compensation and in who are leaving. Um, the, uh, there's a lot of regulations in these AI, especially with HR platforms. And the, you know, you're starting to see government auditing these tools. Are they biased? Uh, are they biased as to hiring certain individuals? So um, in, in the HR tech side, it, it is definitely already being limited to how it's being used. And if there's a biases, then they, they do get audited by the, by the company. I'm sorry, by the government. And also not only the company are on the hook, but the company that provide that AI is also on the hook. Mm. And Robert, you know, I spent most of my career uh, using celebrity and athletes uh, that would have more impact for social change. I always called myself a social change agent. So when Evander Holyfield, who we represented, uh, got onto a PSA that said, you know, hey, real men don't hit women, it had much greater impact than somebody else since he was the world champion boxer at the time. I think you picked the perfect chief equity officer uh, in your company, uh, a legend in women's soccer, which is, I think, the model or for me, the iconic situation where women's soccer has always been in America, uh, the most successful, way more successful than men's uh, soccer, but yet totally underpaid. Uh, what went into making the decision to let Megan uh, Rapinoe be your chief equity officer? You, you know, she's always been a champion of pay equity, and uh, she put that uh, woman's team, and they won that big lawsuit, and it has a, had, had a lot of ripple effect. And you see, like, in the UK, Ireland, and Europe, they're talking about how women are treated differently in the, uh, in the sports, you know? Uh, when I was talking to Megan, it was amazing to me, like the women had to play on AstroTurf, not the natural turf. You know, they had to fly commercial rather than, you know, private planes. And they had to like, in the beginning, I, I believe they were also given men's jersey to wear. It was just pretty amazing. Uh, but more so, I, I think for me, what really propelled me to work with Megan is that you know, she puts herself out there and just be naked and be criticized. And we have seen that her being criticized from all sides of the aisle. And, and that, those are the things that I really value. Somebody is willing to put themselves out there for criticism and stand for their belief. And I really cherish her relationship with us. Yeah, and she had a lot to risk as well, knowing her. And yeah. I always say, people will laugh at you, scoff at you, make fun of you and try to hurt you. But eventually, when you put yourself on the side of equity and inclusion, they will applaud you eventually. And we all applaud not only you, but Megan as well. Robert Sheen, thank you for everything you're doing to change the world from the inside out. Founder and CEO of, is it TrueSeek? It's a TrueSeek. It's a combination of word, trust, and mosaic. And oh, beautiful, like, TrueSeek. Yeah. Learn something new every day, TrueSeek. We put it up there. Go to TrueSeek.com. Robert, come back and join us. We all have several different shows. We want to learn more about how more companies can do what you do. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Great interview. All right. Last but not least, and he's been waiting in the wings, <laughs> another fit individual. Rishi is here. Rishi Mandal, co-founder and CEO of Future, future.co. Welcome to Office Hours. <laughs> 
Thanks. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Nice to nice to see you all. Well, you know, we went from telemedicine to digital fitness coaching, uh, and it really is an amazing tool. Um, and so I want to start off when we're looking at remote training, uh, virtual training, digital coaching. Um, what are some of the things that we should be looking at if we want to differentiate ourselves? Or is it still the greatest uh, talent wins out regardless of the technology? You know, I think the opportunity in remote coaching is to get a stronger match between two people, right? When if, just think, take personal training as an example. Um, if I live out in a particular city, I can only find folks who are within some radius of me. And you would think of that as basically haphazard matching of supply, you know, people who have a talent and demand, people who have a need. Um, and with future, just as an example, as a test case, what we do is we give you a personal trainer, a coach, and they can be anywhere in the country. Um, and what you might do is answer some questions. And if you live out in, you know, rural Monta Montana or here in San Francisco where I am, we could match you with somebody who is a perfect match for your needs, your personality. Um, we have, you know, coaches who are uh, DPTs, doctors of physical therapy, someone who has a challenging physical condition to try to overcome or postpartum specialists or, you know, people who have uh, expertise with elder care. And so I think one of the opportunities and kind of broadening the aperture with coaching is finding folks who are going to fit you best. And actually just specialties is only one axis. It's also people who you share values with and like to spend time with because you're only as good as the amount of time you want to spend with your coach, right? right? And so some people in future will pick their coach because they have the same alma mater and they can talk trash about, you know, whatever, Big Ten football or something. And so um, I think that ability to match someone with the right partner is going to create longevity, right? They both will want to be able to have the energy to sustain that relationship. So, so there's something that we've seen um, with what we do at Future. So I, this is really interesting, Rishi, because I was thinking about this platform specifically and thinking about a coaching relationship. And that's yeah. the key word, right? It truly yeah. is a relationship and you get so much more out of any relationship. The more comfortable you are with somebody, the more you talk to them, the more you understand them. And I know what's unique about your platform is that the relationship does have a lot of communication around it. So mm -hmm. I'm curious as to if you think the success of the clients comes from the frequency of the communication that creates higher accountability, or yeah. do you think it comes from the comfort level and understanding that the two individuals have? Yeah, it's a great question. And relationship is a strong word to use here. Yeah. You know, to back out really quick, what we do is we're going to give you a coach and we're going to try to get you moving active for the rest of your life. And the problems in consumer health are vast. They're alarming. 75% of Americans are obese or overweight. And that number is increasing year on year, not decreasing, right? Life expectancy is shorter. Quality of life is decreasing. So um, so the challenges are, are, are big. And what's intriguing about all of this is there's no shortage, as I'm sure you've seen and experienced, of interesting solutions out there for your fitness, right? And every single year, the majority of Americans pick up some new fitness habit routine product. They spend tens of billions of dollars a year trying to move more, and then they fail at huge rates. 80% of Americans don't move enough, according to the CDC. So, you know, take it you know, for what it is. Uh, but that number hasn't changed in 35 years. 80% aren't moving enough. Mm. And so you, you think like, okay, interesting interventions exist, entertaining interventions exist, but nothing yeah. sticks. 
And so why do relationships matter is because when it comes to health, consistency is everything. Doing an hour long, you know, super hard workout, you know, once or twice, and then falling off, getting injured, not doing anything for a long period of time is a losing strategy. Trying to tape this together every single day for yourself takes a lot of energy. It's a losing strategy. Mm -hmm. And the winning strategy over long periods of time, when you observe successful populations, people, you look at athletes, for example, you know, because David, you've, you've worked with, uh, you know, a lot of them. What you find is the ability to continue putting in that time and effort over time. And just sometimes it'll be five minutes or 10 minutes and other days you'll be able to, to do something, uh, you know, grander and more challenging. Uh, but being able to string together those days and weeks over the course of a lifetime will lead to higher quality of life and, and so on. So, so if consistency is everything, we stepped back to say, um, who could we study that has nailed this? Um, there's this great quote. I think it's William Gibson, the fiction author is, is, um, is credited with it. But the quote is the future already exists. It's just not evenly distributed. Mm. And I think that points to over the course of my career, I've built several companies in consumer technology that points to the philosophy that I've always operated with, which is there are big societal challenges mm. and it would be very cool to build, you know, um, solutions for those at some scale, but we're not going to try to invent what does fitness look like in a, you know, in the metaverse, the things that people don't understand, what we really look for is human truths. What if, what if maybe even a small group of people done to be very successful and sustain healthy habits, high performance for extended periods of time? And what lessons can we learn from that? How then could we use technology to take that human truth and bring it to more people? Mm. And so when we looked at fitness, who is successful? What we found were these niche populations, pro athletes, celebrities, uh, executives. These are people who can maintain high performance and they can be very busy too um, for years on end. And so we, you know, we, when I say we, my co-founder and I, we set out about five years ago and said, okay, let's study all these populations. We'll learn all the different things they do to stay active, to stay healthy, to perform at a high level. And we were stunned because they all did the same thing, which is they weren't Googling, how should I get fit? They weren't running across town to four or five different classes. They were all getting help, right? And David, I know that you've written a lot about like, it's okay to ask for help and getting help is a path to success. And in the case of all these athletes, you've seen every single pro athlete you've ever seen, every Olympian you've ever watched on TV, Megan Rapinoe, you were just talking about, they all have coaches who help them know what to do, stay accountable to doing it, um, sustain through hard periods of time and adapt to injury or travel or, you know, all of the above. Um, and we saw this time and time again, people were getting help. They were getting a coach. And when we then studied, I'm getting, you know, Lacey to your question about relationships. When we studied why is the coach so helpful for these people, what we found is a coach, of course, is telling you what to do. That's the obvious thing that they're going to do. It's wonderful. The second thing, a coach keeps you accountable. It's actually very critical to maintaining a habit over long periods of time. But the third thing that a coach does, if you ever go to a gym and watch someone with their personal trainer or go to Nike's facility and watch a bunch of pro athletes training with their strength coach, what you'll see is a fair amount of the time they spend together in the gym they're just chopping it up. They're talking trash about the Knicks. They're talking about what's LeBron going to do this summer. You know, all, all these types of things, the vacation they're going to take to Hawaii. And I think most technologists look at that chit chat, that idle chit chat and go, oh, when I digitize this, when I get rid of that, I'm right. going to ship you the performance plan. And that's what, that's what a trainer is. Mm. And we took a different tack and said, actually, all three of these are extremely important. And I think you guys do various types of coaching with, you know, and mentoring with many people. And you realize you're, if you build no bridge or relationship with someone, it is a very thin 
dispensing of truisms and advice that just doesn't really ring so deeply. But when you can understand what makes someone tick, when you spend some time and energy together and find shared interests, then, you know, things can kind of unlock. And so with Future, we designed coaching, fitness coaching, where the coach builds you a plan every Sunday for the week. If you're traveling, they'll call your hotel. They'll build a plan for, you know, uh, what equipment is available there. And this week it's raining, so you're not going to run. And so there's just a very adaptive kind of building of a, of a training plan. We'll strap an Apple Watch to all of our customers so that their their coach, even if they are a thousand, two thousand miles away, can see if you're doing it or not. Down into every set and rep. If you're running, they can see your heart rate, your mile times, elevation gains, and they use all of that for accountability, not for you know anything else. It should really try to to, to hone in and um, and then to be as effective for you as possible. And then the third thing, and this is Lacey, what you were referencing, is we put you in touch over text message, but we actually allow and celebrate. And require that our coaches spend some of their time mm -hmm. thinking about you outside of your fitness to say, hey, by the way, how's your kid doing? We haven't talked about that in a little while or, you know, whatever things are, are important to you in your life. And the end result is wild. Of course, people have they work out a lot more. Average customer will double the number of workouts they're doing. They work out every other day on average for 41 minutes. And at the population level, this is like remarkable to see. But they also trade more than three text messages every single day. That means they'll text their coach over a thousand times a year. Um, and that was stunning for us to see that two people who are not sharing time and space are actually interacting, making themselves vulnerable, sharing information, you know, taking a photo of the play set they're building in the backyard for their kids and sending that to this person they've never met, you know? And it's actually fascinating to see that you make excuses. Oh no, I couldn't get my workout in. Then I'm so sorry, Curtis, and so on. You're like, you've never met this person. Why do you feel so the need to do that? It's really a harmonious combination of all the things. That's amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. It, all of them working together. Yeah, so relationship is a great word yeah. and We've tried not to be a cold, hard workout dispensing organization, but rather one that thinks about partnerships or relationships between two people. And like it flows quite organically from there. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I was just thinking, imagine like 30 years ago, if we had this, like as kids coming up in high school, college. Like, yeah, no, yeah. It, takes a rocket, it takes a rocket scientist from uh, Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> Get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and an athlete, so you know, kind and of both, both of those, yeah. Right. I, I just want to finish up because I know Lace has to go and we're going to catch a plane here in Jersey. Um, I think it's indicative, Rishi, which is really interesting because all three of us coach so many people, and I've been blessed to be a coach, a mentor, and a teacher to Lacey and Rob as well. Hmm. But the idea of coaching is different than mentoring, different than teaching, and I think all the other uh solutions that I see, even virtual or tele are all co uh, the mentoring and teaching part is easy over technology, but what makes a real great coach, whether it's from the Stanford's greatest athlete, Tiger Woods, or some other athletes out there, the coach is really someone that brings the best out of you. Mm -hmm. And your platform allows for the intangible value of a coach of bringing the best out of you, mm -hmm. instead of just telling you what to do, giving you steps on how to do it, tracking you, um, there's much more to accountability. And, you know, as someone who has a close relationship to Dr. Lacey Book and Rob Gill, I'm constantly, even when there's difficult times with my friends, and I do call both of them family and friends, I will text and just say, hey, I'm here, you know, because I want them to know I'm, I'm here to take the best out of you. And I know shit's hitting the fan right now, or maybe you're in a family time, but I think that's what makes the biggest difference about future.co. And I, lo I love that 
the future already exists. It's just not fairly distributed. Uh, I'm going to steal that. So if you see that on my videos, I'll apologize up front if I forget. <laughs> well said, David. Couldn't agree more. And uh, and that's why, by the way, all of our coaches for future are employees of our business. This is not a marketplace for a coach takes on one client here or there. They are part of our organization. We invest in them so they can invest in um, the folks they partner with. And so um, I agree with you when all kind of legs of the stool are working, you're trying to all kind of bring out the best, best in each other. So um, well, come back, well, come back on all our shows. We want to learn more about you as well as futures. We didn't get into the rocket science part of it <laughs> as well, or your athletic prowess, but that's for a future office hours. Thanks. Check out future.co. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you're it. welcome here anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Real quick, uh, my friends, a quick takeaway, if you don't mind, Lace, you have time. I'll let you go first because I know you got to drop. No, I'm okay. I mean, I think that the running theme through all of these is like the accountability, right? I think that on all three of the individuals, creating habits, the platform, even, you know, anything that you want to do, you have to have accountability in your life. And sometimes it's really difficult for us to hold ourselves accountable. And so looking outward to find individuals that can help you do that will absolutely ensure your success. And so I love what you always say, David, is to ask for help. There's no shame in that. There's actually success built into that. So I love it. Yeah, amazing. I, I agree with that, Lacey, 100%. David, always, as always, tremendous guest. And I think about not only accountability, but systems, processes, um, elevation through who's your top five people that have been there, done that. Um, you know, when we think about how to remove the debris and our, our first gentleman from us and our higher power or being able to compound energy, it, it, it comes down to a level of ownership that just isn't surface level. It has to be tied to a why that is so deep that makes you cry, at least in my opinion. And, and then how do you get all that to work in a, in, in a system that is kind of constructed with a lot of fluidity and, and being able to make adjustments along the way. And that's kind of what I'm hearing, all these different things. The last dude was a rocket scientist, so I couldn't really touch that one. Yeah. The first two I was pretty good with. Well, and mine's relative is always to that. It's not just, as I talk about the common denominator of people that can uh, have a desire that they must be what they can be. Um, and we deal with that a lot. But there's this secondary thing that I'm seeing as a common denominator of spirits of excellence. It's having a desire to bring the best out of others yeah. and their desire. And you can't be in recovery unless you make that decision and that change to be the best that you can be and also to help others be the best that they can be. October 19th, you can do that with Rob Gill. Check him out. Join his webinar. Uh, go to uh, what's the website? One more time, Rob. Well, EpicFinancialStrategies.com. But I'll send you the link to your to your to everybody so they can just register. That's off. And then join Lacey and I out in California, an intimate uh, intensive of doing your best in your life and business with Sean, Lacey, and I. And then we'll celebrate with a VIP dinner at the end of October. Uh, it'll be a, a Saturday, uh, October twenty eighth, I believe. And the Chicago Bears game is a Sunday night game on the field. The Bears Chargers, the 29th. Emails, uh, Lacey or I, we'd love to fill that. Or experientialmastermind.com. Experientialmastermind.com. <laughs> I love you both. I am here. Remember, ask for help and you will receive it. We're building a community of people that Thank want to you. help each other. And they know people who can help us. And that's a great way to build the community of people uh, who will buy from you and sell for you for a lifetime. Thank you both. Thanks,
See you soon. All right, everyone, please email me, david at dmelter.com. We'll be in San Diego next week with Drew Brees, John Asseroff, and myself, and little Jeff Fenster, my little mentee. So come and join us. We have a VIP dinner with Drew Brees and John Asseroff and myself in San Diego. And we'll be keynoting Aspire with Gary V. Tim Story and many others. It's a busy week. Uh, we'd love to see you. All you got to do is email me if you want to join david at dmelzer.com. If you can't keep track of me, I can't keep track of me. So just join my text community and it'll alert me where I'm going to be and it'll alert you where I'm going to be. 949-298-2905. I want to thank Raluca and Gigi always for producing such an amazing show with amazing guests. Remember, be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.